Sometimes when you sacrifice something precious, you're not really losing it. You're just passing it on to someone else. Mitch Album. Bending Not Breaking, Season 7, Episode 12, Day of the Colossus. And welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I am Sunshine. Ben. And we are talking... This was some of the last episodes of The Legend of Korra ever. Two, including this one. Oh, it's, almost, it's almost the final episode. And what an episode this is. The penultimate episode of the series. Indeed. Day of the Colossus. Day of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus being one of my favorite video games. The Colosseum is pretty cool. Sure. Oh, I thought we were yeah. making connections, you know, just changing changing words. Have, have you never played Shadow of the Colossus? No, you tried to get me to play it once, and I would... No, I haven't. I have not played it. It's very frustrating at times, but... I am deep into Tears of the Kingdom right that now. That was going to be my question, was are you playing Tears of, of Kingdom? It is. Tears of the Kingdom. Teary Kingdoms. It is incredible. It's an incredible game. It's it's massive. It's so big. I've I've oh, it's so fun. It's so good. I highly recommend it. It's worth every penny. I am not being paid to sponsor this, but it's so good. <laughs> You're playing on Switch? That's the only console, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's excellent. Better I- than Breath of the Wild? Um, yes, Ooh. Be- but only because I had Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like this is good and better because of Breath of Breath of the Wild. Like this game could not. I don't think this game would work as well had it not been built off of Breath of the Breath Wild. Breath of the Wild. Fair enough. As someone who has only ever played Link uh, in the Ocarina of Time back in like 2000 and. We're missing out, bud. Two. That's that is my also a great game. It's that is know, my my one my one time of of gaming in the Legend of Zelda territory. Yeah, there's a big guy in the Zelda franchise who is part of the creating systems for Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, and he was just like, yeah, Breath of the, or Ocarina of Time is just really restricting. Um, and it's gotten a lot of press because a lot of people are like, <laughs> and it, like from what he's referencing, it is restricting because it's very linear. You have to do things in a certain order. You can't go out of order. Right. So, and it's still a very good game. And mm-hmm. for its time was quite an achievement. And in the same way, both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are just incredible games. Well, let's link our way back to uh, the episode, and we'll try to force this. Uh, I guess I'll sacrifice my and then my wanting around Kuvira. Yeah. Oh, 
All right. Well, today our lens is sacrifice. Who'd have thought? And we see a sacrifice. It's complex. It is complex. There's some things that we'll talk about. I've got, I could not get off this episode's inability. It's a lot of mech suit, and I, um, maybe a lot of sacrifices are made that weren't necessary via the mech suit. And that's where my head was at the entire time was the inefficiency of all of the ray guns that happened throughout this episode. Yeah. I think like trying to hit a fly with a baseball bat. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, to be fair, I think that a lot of people find mech suit Cora to be their least favorite part of the universe really um like thinking that mech suits that's probably a, a pretty large complaint that I like kind of get is yeah well I don't know this mech or this is the universe for mech suits <laughs> there are really cool things about this episode but battling the mech suit is one of like is just not that interesting to me and I love so much about the character development. I love what we're going to talk about in terms of Asami. I love what we're going to talk about in terms of um, just familial relationships that come out of this episode. But the fighting of a mech suit and the in-canon, like, how metal bending works the mech suit seem yep. uh, lackluster. Yeah. It's so. Yes. Indeed, quite for sure. So, for sure. so sacrifice. What's what's sacrifice? Yeah, I mean, I, the thing with sacrifice is that it's one of those like, what is it? What is it? It's it from if we go way back, like it's the offering to kill something for a God. for God or yeah. for, right. Uh, Which, to, like, Kuvira is willing to kill a lot for yeah. herself. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of changed, right? Like, to sacrifice, has, it has connotatively changed in a little bit, right? It is um, surrendering a possession is an act, is a sacrifice. It's not, and that can still be an offering to God, or it can still be a, a offering to a divine but i think the origin of that is important for us to consider because there's a lot of people who call for a sacrificial way of life um where you give up um not just something but something within you not a tangible object or an animal or a person even but you're giving up something within you like i'm going to sacrifice my desires my wants, my needs in order to do this a certain way. And certain communities even call on people to do that um, because that is the uh, modeling after uh, of certain religions, of certain um, figureheads of certain religions. And so I think that it's a pretty complicated word. And while there is no... uh, 
apparent god in Legend of Korra, it's still a very interesting question to be asking around what is it. But what did I miss? What are what are some things you're thinking about when you're thinking of sacrifice? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the bit main definitions, the old, old school one, sacrificing of an animal or person, uh, surrendering a possession as an offering, um, or a, an act of giving up something valued for its sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy um, were the definitions that I pulled. And so we definitely see moments of sacrifice in this episode. Um, and it'll be interesting to navigate each of them because there are some things it's interesting where it's like Kuvira will sacrifice something like her relationship with Batar in the last episode. Yep. But is she actually sacrificing anything? You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's the question, right? And that's why like, our conversation last week was so difficult and so challenging is because my, maybe she was, maybe that was a sacrifice maybe. for her. And it just comes across to us as like cold and non-harsh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe it did. And we just, all we see is the, the calculation of this is the greater good. And, you know sorry, I love you. Bye. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, but with sacrifice being our lens, get ready for a lot of creed references from me throughout this episode. Okay. Yeah. I'll catch all of those. Yeah. Are you aware? Do you, you were you a big creed guy? I was not. No. I was a fan of CCR creed and Clearwater revival. Some would say not nearly as good as Creed. Well, so uh, I am not one of those people. Great. Okay. All right. Well, before we jump into the episode fully, let's let's, let's do a recap. You, let's have you be the honorable person and 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 sacrifice uh, your wants and dreams for doing this recap. I do love that it's worked out that you have to do the final recap of our last episode sure you're gonna do that actually didn't you no. say you that for me weren't you gonna make that sacrifice no put what? 30 seconds on the clock lie to me on your mark get set go the gang strategizes kuvira's forces move forward prince Wu goes to help the evacuated citizen and milo gets an idea of how to beat the giant kuvira shoots an airbender destroying more of the city teamwork to take down the mecha suit but it doesn't work batar jr apologizes and will fix it through family and people shuts down the suits but not the big one badger moles help Evacuate the city and the gang goes to slow down the mecha suit while hitting it with a building. And then Badger Mole smashed some army. And Asami gives props to dad. Varric proposes. And then Hiroshi sacrifices himself. What a way to end. Woo. Ding, ding, ding. Awesome. Nailed it. Yeah, that was like right at 30 seconds. Like, did you practice? You must no, have but it, I had time for inflection. I had time to, to really think so about. Then. How to tell the story. Inspection. Yeah. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Um, Different. All right. Sacrifice. Sacrifice, indeed. So, I, I mean, I wonder if we should go big first and just go towards the the, the main feature. The big of, one. Right. And then kind of like 
feed into some of these potentially more interesting conversations. Not that this one won't be interesting, but it's just hitting the nail on the head, you know? Um, let's talk about Hiroshi Sato. Yeah. Boom. So pushing his daughter out of the winged bird suit, yeah. saving her life, but completing the job to leave a hole open. Yeah. I mean, there have been so many examples of people who are like the, the, the willingness to sacrifice yourself equates to heroism. Um, and it's probably true that this thing is what is the factor that led to taking Kuvira and this mech suit down. And so the question for me that's kind of uh, meta a little bit is, is Hiroshi Sato a hero for doing this? Maybe? <laughs> so, um, you know, what, what's a hero is probably the first question to ask in that. What does that mean? And does one instance yeah. of doing good outweigh multiple instances of doing not good yeah who's to say right uh, and and actually the person who's been impacted uh by the not good is is the one who gets to claim yeah. that right so asami it might very much view him as a hero yeah it's a good you point. know that's it, benders as a whole still might say hey that was good and i'm you know thank you for but, doing that and it doesn't but, and that doesn't erase the fact that you tried to take my identity away from me, you know, in a mass in mass form. And so, yeah. you know, ultimately, it's it's to each their own to to make that claim. Do I view him as a hero? I think this is a, a heroic moment. I think wanting to atone for you know the wrongs that he's done, but is he doing that because? of the relationship with just Asami or is he doing that because he feels bad about everything as a whole? I think those are also two different statements. And so I guess my answer in short form is uh, it depends on who you ask. And if you're asking me, I think this was a good gesture that probably doesn't outweigh the bad that he's done in his past. But like, I wasn't affected by it. I think another it's an interesting word you chose because it's very uh, connected to sacrifice, which is the word atonement. Right. Um, you know, if you look into the Old Testament Bible, um, it's the word kafar is the Hebrew for for this. And it's a, a, like essentially it's translates as to cover almost. So a, a, like but atonement involved the sacrifice of an innocent animal in order to atone. Um and so it's interesting to think about like when people say like atonement theory, atonement theory is when, you know, the whole Christ died on the cross, sacrificed himself for you. And now you are saved. And now you, no matter what you do are, have this saved thing. And that's an interesting thing to think about, right? Because atonement is, we are usually thinking about sacrifice, especially when it comes to characters who are like, I'm going to do this one good thing or this last good thing. And I'm going to atone for my sins, to atone for the things that I, do, I have done in the past that were wrong, not okay, et cetera. And 
what that typically does is paint a picture in history of that person, that final act being what they're known for, not what they're known for, for their life prior to that. And it's one of those things where it's really important to me, I think, to for our memory to recognize exactly what you were kind of pointing to is that this might be a moment of good, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that this person ultimately was good, right? And I also am very much into the idea of like people can change. <laughs> And I believe that. And so it's one of those things where like, I want to continue to hold this person's memory accountable (laughs) while also wanting to be like, all is forgiven. They did what they like, they ended their life the way that like in a way that was productive, but that's really wild to say, (laughs) right? It's wild to say like, oh, I want them to end their life in a productive way. Like it's like, or hear me out. You could have kept living and kept doing a lot more good things. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. It's just really complex, you know? So like what did anything stick out in that? That was like, I think there's a couple of things as we're taking away in in the conversation of what does sacrifice mean and, and what does leadership mean in these moments? And I think there's an understanding that you maybe have caused harm in the past. And there needs to be a hopefulness that you can improve. There needs to be a hopefulness that you can do better. There needs to be work that you can do better and you will do better. And so like in awesome, like I'm working on things that I wasn't good at 10 years ago, every single day, um, five years ago, yesterday. Right. So like I'm working on things that I've messed up on and I need to have hope and optimism that I can be better than I was then. Um, And because we can hold two conflicting truths at the same time. And there are going to be people who are still not appeased by that work. Yeah. And that's okay. Both for them and for me. And all I can do is continue to like do what I need to do to yeah. get better. And sometimes that requires sacrifice of certain things and giving up certain things. If I'm in relationship with um, any relationship that I want to improve upon, that might require sacrifice from the things that I wanted to do yeah. because that relationship needs to take priority. Um, but also the moment I do that, I can't expect that because of that sacrifice, someone is going to applaud me or pat me on the back or yeah. feel like all is forgiven that's just not how things work, nor should it. I think so. what strikes me about this is I, I think the better question from what I asked earlier was not, should not have been like, is Hiroshi Sato a, a hero, but rather has he been redeemed by this act? Because if we think about redemption, like people, I've made the argument that I'm, I'm transitioning to Zuko. Uh, <laughs> hear me out. Let me follow me for a second. People make the argument that Zuko has the greatest redemption arc in the the world. (laughs) Like that there is no better redemption arc in, in media. Sure. Uh, People make that argument. Um, And I I think I've got different thoughts. Yeah. I well, I also have different thoughts because I, I don't necessarily think of this as a, as a redemption arc, 
right? I think of it more as a an arc of of healing. Hundred percent. Like I don't think Zuko needs to be redeemed. Well, as much as like, yeah, I, there are I, things. Yes. And so, what's interesting here is the idea of redemption. Of I'm going to do these things to redeem myself. And the cost of what I have done costs so much that I have to give up something that is equally or worse, like pulling a full metal alchemist equivalent exchange situation. Right. And <clears throat> I think what's really makes me nervous about that is when I think about what you've just said, it's, it's determined by every individual person who was impacted by that person's actions it's not like you are not the sole decider of whether someone has re is redeemed right and i feel like i feel like that's a community act it is something that many people are doing and deciding and having feelings about and holding the idea that i might be I might have paid the price for some but not for all means that you still have work to do and there's still reparations to be had and repair to be made and I you know I think that it's complex because I don't want to discount what Hiroshi did and I also want to say that it was probably not enough but it was probably enough for Asami you know, hundred percent. And there's certain things like being willing to go back to prison, right? Like, yeah. Now maybe that would have been more of a sacrifice. Like, I you could argue that I I want to be hesitant about how I word this because I see where you're going, or I see. But like, problem. you can argue that by choosing not to go back to prison, like that what that was an intentional choice to get out of harm. Yes, exactly. Like you, could, you could make that argument. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I want to be conscious of how I word that because that's that is different, I think, than uh, than other forms of that type of yeah. behavior. Um, well, I, I think that often sacrifice can be guised under something that it is not right. I am I'm going to sacrifice myself for you when really I'm benefiting in this invisible way. Um, yeah, it's almost like a. It's not. It's not even close to being like. But it makes me think of when people give up things for lint that they weren't really doing anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give up soda. Well, you drink one soda a month, so like. Well, honestly, what it reminds me of is it reminds me of like people who give up things for lint in order to like be a better person, mm -hmm. rather than to actually deepen their spirituality for instance it's right. done in a way it's it's using the method to uh claim sacrifice but yeah sacrifice when really it's like no i'm just i really want to work on my you know my physique yeah uh, and you know so that was a very that was a judgy way to say that but still um people who <laughs> yes, focus it was body weight and body image for lint often are not focusing on what lint was designed for perhaps sure. and also living into you know often fat phobic experiences uh speaking of just listen to an incredible episode on fat phobia with oh which please and um 
I highly recommend it. Uh, they partnered with Friend the podcast. Yeah, partnered with Maintenance Phase to do a, an episode on Fatphobia in the Harry Potter series. And it was a phenomenal episode. And for those of you who aren't in, uh, very aware of just the discourse around Fatphobia, that is a great primer. And I definitely recommend it. Um, and back to our episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so no, I, this is a moment that I think I really do. This is a moment that I go, I don't know. How mech, how the how the uh, hummingbird suits work? Yep. Right. It looks like you have to saw things. But if he could get Asami out and finish the job in that split second, I want to think that he also could have gotten out at the same time, and the hole still would have been like there. You know. Yeah, I mean, it was it was certainly done in a way that was. You know, when you're in that moment, though, not that I've been in that moment, but like it feels like when you're in a very emotionally charged moment, when you have to make a split second decision and you see like a hand coming towards you, you yeah. aren't always thinking straight. That's also very true. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, it's a very good moment. One of the things I really do love about this episode and we'll end up probably being in my tween law is uh, just the music cues throughout this episode, I think, are really oh, on point. Incredible. Like just really dialed in on a score standpoint um this episode so greatly appreciate that and that's there's a music cue there that i'm like oh that hits and you know the animation really does as well other moments of sacrifice this is one that's not necessarily sacrifice in its, in its way but kuvira and this is where i think it gets to a point where it's like it's not really a sacrifice for kuvira but mm -hmm. she is willing to do a whole lot of damage to this city yeah for very little reward, like the risk reward ratio is uh, super uh, leaned towards one side of the shooting a ray gun to like knock out an airbender and destroying multiple buildings. Like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> like, like I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to kill Mila, but let's also talk about the fact that she was just like very adamant about being cool with killing children. Um, but at the same time, like three things flying at me when I am in a suit that is literally 1000 times the size of this individual may probably more, maybe even like 10,000. And to shoot like the equivalent of a nuclear missile. Yeah. To kill like an individual just seems weird. It seems inefficient. It just seems like she's willing to sacrifice a lot of things that aren't actually hers. Um, just to like get one airbender. And that was strange to me. I, the whole episode, that was weird. And I think what, why it's interesting is to Kuvira, the city is hers. Right? Yeah, at and this point it's hers, right? She, like she, this is mine and I'm defending my claim um, and I think that that's why often battles like this are like fraught is that it's not a I'm trying to get get this. It's it's mine and I'm taking it from you um, and both sides see it that way. It's like, no, it's mine and I'm defending it and it's nope, it's mine and I'm taking it because it's I've deserved this. Uh, and so the, the story sure you do. Playing, right dictates whether it's sacrificial or not. And I think, I think, hear me out, 
that when things are yours and you've earned them, and I say that in, in quotes, when you've earned them in a way that like when you just get it for free, it you don't really value it. Um, when you didn't put any of the work into creating it and you just get it, you don't always value the things that you get. And you're willing to sacrifice something that isn't super precious to you, but it's very precious to others, right? And I think that we often will see people who are seemingly cold because they will sacrifice something that, you know, means the world to someone else. But they're like, who cares? You know, and I think that, you know, the dramatic irony is that we know how precious this is, but to them, it's it's not. And they're like, I'm willing to to lose this. Yep. Which is terrifying. (laughs) It's like watching a child rip a toy out from another kid's hands, but breaking the toy in the process and being all right with it. Like, well, at least you don't have it. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that I'm still kind of fumbling on in my head is just this idea of sacrifice as exchange, right? Um, It's usually done as a means to get something, um, to get something else, whether it be atonement, whether it be redemption, whether it be heroic act, or whether it be something, you know, physical, um, which is just fascinating, right? And it's just, there's just, it's, it's really complex. There's just a lot going on. Oh, yeah, and again, so this comes to a moment to me where it's like, is she really sacrificing? It's it's not a sacrifice to her, yeah. Right? If you don't value it, it, it's not a sacrifice. And I think that that's an important like the idea of giving up things that don't actually matter to you. Like, then at that point, you know, what are we talking about? And I think for me, maybe I still struggle with the concept of like, what what's the purpose of sacrifice on a non-spiritual level, right? Like, yeah. and how does that show up in relationship? Um, you know, because there's certain things you shouldn't have to sacrifice, right? There's certain things that like, agreed, you shouldn't have to, especially if we're talking about in relationship. Hey, this thing really fills my cup. Yeah, these things are not on negotiation. These are not on the table, right? Uh, I, I think of that... Uh, my my partner, my spouse, really enjoys um, physical activity. Asking her to sacrifice that would be, I think, unfair for something as like it, there's there's just things that I that would feel icky, right? Asking someone to give that up for time for anything else. So now, granted, everything on a spectrum, right? There's no absolute. Some if it's like, hey, I I love going to the movies personally. You know, yep. my partner really doesn't want to take that away from me. If I'm going to the movies five days a week, would really like for her to come. Would well, or like I would understand the question, like, can you not go five days a week? Because like, what does that look like, right? So everything in moderation or everything. So, but there are certain things that are shouldn't. I guess my point is there are certain things that shouldn't be up for debate whether or not they need to be sacrificed. But then again, what is the purpose of sacrifice and why is it a sacrifice? I think is the other thing. Is it really a sacrifice for me personally to go see four movies a week instead of five so I can spend quality time with my partner? Well, I think that's that's probably not a sacrifice because I want that as well. Right. I want that strong relationship. Well, I mean, you've picked a pretty innocuous example, but it's one of those things where 
if you take that and say like you really value five movies and you're only getting four, then that could be a pretty big sacrifice. The yeah. difference is what you're saying is you're doing a cost benefit analysis of that right. movie, right? And you're saying that I'm still getting four that will still scratch my itch. I will also get this really good thing. And so the question is, is that really a sacrifice? Right. And but I would argue that who I am by myself when I'm not around and inter- working with others is very different than when I am working with other people. Sure. Right? And yeah. some people are willing to sacrifice those things much faster than others. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean that they care about them less, but it also does mean that they are conditioned in our society to empty themselves in order to serve other people. And that's where it comes to, it starts to build resentment and you start to have like, it it leads to midlife crisis where you're like, I have been living your life rather than mine. And I think a lot of people, I don't want your life, dad. I don't want your life. Yeah. I, I think that that is something that I have experienced where like, I'm constantly doing things for other people under the guise of like, I'm, I'm a good person, right. but I, I'm spiteful and angry because I'm not doing anything for me. And, yeah, and, so, and so I wonder what that looks like. So sacrifice when it is past net zero, you know what I mean? Like, cause there's the balance of, I'm going to do stuff because it's good for the relationships I have and it supports the people I love and it supports community. And so I'm going to not do these things that maybe also add to my cup. Um, but I also need to add to my cup because that's yeah. how the, things work. And so is it, when it's a good balance, it's kind of net zero. Is that uh, is that kind of the the line? Is not you know, necessarily, it, yeah. Right? I don't think that you're going to end like it, with a I, balance is going to teeter, right? I don't think that you're looking at the end. I think you're looking at the the journey, right? Of if you've spent your life tilted on your balance spectrum, and you like swing in reverse, you're still unbalanced at the end, it may be making up for your like years of being tilted the other direction, but I don't know. I think, I don't think this is like a, 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 a sum, like a zero sum situation. Right. Well, yeah. Cause like, and I, through all this process, right. So like, is it, is it sacrifice if you are gaining something from it? And I, I the answer might be yes. If you're getting, if you're sacrificing one thing to get another, that still might be like, I'm giving up this one thing. Bolin is giving up time and energy and effort holding the wall at the very yes. beginning of the episode yes. to save people. And he's saving his community. And, and so like, yeah. that's like, we don't look, we aren't kind of conditioned by definition to look at that as sacrifice, but like he's giving something of yes. himself to save others. You see a whole city that's not doing that, right? That aren't sacrificing themselves for the greater good of the community. And one might argue that they don't have the skill set to to do so. Right. But I guarantee you there are benders and <laughs> there are a lot of benders in that city that could help that aren't. 
Like Pema doesn't have to put herself in danger. Like Pema doesn't have to put herself yes. into that situation. Yep. But she does. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like in these teens who have been be I think because of their conditioning being around the avatar, right? The the what that does is it it changes you, right? It changes who you are and how you spend your time and the outlook you have because if the people around you, aka the avatar, are the world is on me and I have no choice, then you're like, oh, well, I have no choice but to help them, right? And, you know, again, I think that there's a reason Katara and Sokka react the way that they do when Aang is coming out of the iceberg. And I think there is a reason that the three people who are involved are Korra's friends. Um, and that matters, I think, who we're in relationship with and how we approach the value of courage and our lives and things along those lines. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think that they are the ones who are doing this because they are friends with Korra. Yeah, and so, I, you know, ultimately, I think what I'm hearing through this conversation is it's just because you're sacrificing something you love doesn't mean that you aren't necessarily benefiting from it, benefiting from it in some way later on. But in that moment, like, you're giving up something. Like, you're giving up your own personal safety. Pem is giving up her own personal safety and the, her family's own personal safety to go help others. Yes. Is that a benefit for her in the long run? It depends, I guess, if her kids die in this process, maybe not, but like it, it works out. Um, and yeah. so, you know, ultimately, I think those are the things where you just kind of rumble. Like, what is I guess my my overarching question that I don't know if I'll ever get an answer to is like, what is the point of sacrifice? Um, yep. And if it is for things like I'm going to sacrifice things that I enjoy doing for better relationships with people I love. Well, those, those are also going to benefit me in the long run, but it's also going to benefit more than me, hopefully. Um, and maybe that's the sacrifices. It's it's almost an unequivalent exchange of like, I'm going to give up something that's that I like because it's going to benefit more, hopefully, in the long run. Yeah, I think for me, the takeaway is kind of stemming around how do I pay attention to the unnoticed sacrifices? Right. How do I pay attention to the things where it doesn't feel like sacrifice? And, you know, for us, when we watch the, you know, Lynn, Bolin, Mako, all of these people who are advocating and doing work in this episode, Pima, Wu, who are doing things, who are like, they're just like, I guarantee you that they don't really see this as a sacrifice. They see it as the right thing to do. Right. Uh, and yet, just because you don't view it as a sacrifice doesn't mean you're not giving something up. Energy, time, potential safety, these things that we yes. see that, that are happening, right? And so how do we teach people to value what people are so willing to give up freely? And that's not saying that they they shouldn't give those things up freely, but that like in order to really respect those things, we need to acknowledge that those things are being lost. Like in order to respect time, time is our greatest resource. Like it is the one thing that is finite for us, right? Like, right. We, like we will die, right? And that is something that is going to happen. And so we have a finite amount of time and 
you're giving up your finite life. You only like this, the Mary Oliver quote, what, what is the, what's the one thing you're going to do with your one wild and precious life? Um, I miss, I butchered that, but it's getting the point across of like, you have a limited time and you play tears to the kingdom. That's what I'm going to do. Right. But you spending (laughs) your time doing this is you're, you are losing what you could be spending that time doing elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but one might not argue that it's a loss because it's like, no, I'm doing something that I love and I'm doing something that I care about. I'm doing something that I value. And it is still an exchange. It is still a loss. It is still a sacrifice in a way. Well, and one thing I think we don't see is when someone tries to use a sacrifice uh, as an argument or means for behavior back towards them. Yeah. Like we don't see a lot of that in this episode, but we have in, at, at a certain point, I think that sacrifice now becomes transactional. So it's no longer a sacrifice if that's how you're trying to like wield it. Right. Like I yep. gave up this for you and how dare you not do it back. Yeah. That's how dare you not like say, you know, do the and so I think that those those moments, we don't see a lot of that in this episode, but I've certainly seen a lot of that in life. Yeah. Where it's like. Well, I did this. I did this thing for you, so I shouldn't have to do this, you know, contributing thing. Or I sacrificed this, and yeah, you know, it's very prevalent in the toxic masculinity world, um, especially in regards to exchange for what would be. I paid for a drink. I opened the door for you. Yeah. I did, which are again aren't real sacrifices. Like right, like. Now we said like, yeah, it's time and it's an energy, but like, that's a pretty, like opening the door for someone's not, not enough (laughs) to atone for maybe the crappy things. And I I guess that's the point though, is that if you're viewing common decency as a sacrifice that you're making, what does that say about you? Exactly. What does that exactly? Right. And so I guess, I guess, you know, the judgment comes from what do we expect people to sacrifice in order to be in community? And then what are the things that we judge people for not sacrificing for being in regular, typical community, right? That like, that seems like a very rich well uh, of things. And I think what this show is painting us is that the, the quote, the good guys are willing to sacrifice safety, money, time, energy, in order for, for the betterment of a community. Um, right. Like, I, I think that that's what we're being told in a way by, by this episode. Or Kavir is willing to sacrifice human life to. And what we're seeing is that her. It's okay. To sacrifice right. the work of a, the, the work and prowess of an entire city or the lives of people. Yeah. Uh, her own people, a healthy bargain. Um, yeah fascinating stuff um we haven't really talked too much about um Varric and uh julie <laughs> one of the things that i really like about this moment um is that Varric is actually contributing to the effort of do he's doing things when having these conversations yep um it's not Julie do the thing. It's do we're do we're do and he does say Julie do the thing, but it's at her like they've both been working on something, right? Like, yeah, um, he is working hard to make this EMP device while telling the story, and he's it's not just him sitting back and hey Julie do it. It's he's now 
a part of it. And I think that's a that's a nice change if you watch him from season two. Yes. That's very different than what he does then. Mm-hmm. Um so there there does seem to be a lot of growth in Varric, and I I appreciate that. Yeah. Still wonky relationship, but um we've talked about it before and i think i think i've landed at a point like i it's not my relationship to say it's yep. not maybe how i would have my relationships want to go and um yep but for the two of them they seem happy with it they sure do yeah um you know and it's just that that final one where it's like do the thing and there's there are no more there things. are no more things to be done yeah and i Ooh. think that that's like a, like a chills moment of like, yeah. oh, like, cause that's a really hard thing to say is like, it's cause it's really easy to like, I'm going to stay busy. I'm going to, I'm trying to keep busy. I'm trying to put off this feeling, this, this thing that's coming and there are no more things to do is like, <gasps> what a devastating moment. What a devastating moment. Yeah. I mean, cause I think we are again, not we, everyone but we some of us are conditioned to do like everything to do as much as we can do every like spend our entire reservoir of everything in order to continue and fight and do all these things when like there's a wherewithal that realizes that like there are no more things to do this is done and not everybody could have said that there are other people who would have said we got to keep doing x y and z and would have made things up and would have continued to pitter patter but i think the awareness that julie has is really beautiful in this moment <laughs> yeah. yeah i like julie yeah i'm julie for president you know yeah I'm i'm down with that I'm down with that. Um, any other moments of sacrifice we want to hit on before we jump into our next little uh, segment for um, a little break? There are, they're all tangential. So if you're listening and you have a moment that we didn't touch on, send us an email. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I think the only one left for me is uh, just as we talked a little bit about Batar Jr. And so, like, the ability. The ability to admit you were wrong, is that a sacrifice of ego, of pride? Like, yes. Because I I love, there's an acknowledgement here that shows an awareness of Batar Jr. that I actually kind of dig in this moment. Because he's been not awesome the entire season. But the moment of, I messed up, and my siblings are going to really, it's going to take, like, it's they're gonna hate me. Um, and mom and, and Su Yang kind of just being like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like and yeah. and we'll work on it, but yeah. And I think that, that is such a real acknowledgement that I think is incredibly beneficial and warm and still compassionate while acknowledging, like, yeah, you messed up. Because how often do we sit there and go, like, no. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, and everything's okay. And I think sometimes the answer of, yeah, I think it is. It's good to know that people were hurt by your actions. Yep. And will you? And we'll and we'll work through it. Is a is a such a real and still compassionate and empathetic answer. Um, 
that is yeah. still hopeful for change and betterment. But I really love that moment. One for Batar Jr. to be able to admit that, like, I messed up. Yep. And two, to sacrifice harmony for actual beneficial change, I think is also yeah. a really powerful thing. I think that's one thing this show just does really, really well is that people recognize their mistakes often, right? Quickly, uh, yeah. Quickly, you know, like I, I, I think of so many times in the original run with Avatar The Last Airbender of how many times like Aang blew up and then was like, I'm so sorry, like five seconds later and Katara blew up at Toph and they apologize at the end of the episode. There's this, we don't see, we see the mess but we also see a really quick tie-in that gives us such a good view of what it looks like to make repairs and to, to let go of your ego a little bit, to let go of that, that pride that comes with thinking that you're right and not what, cause I am like that. I am guilty y'all of, <laughs> of, of this. And I really admire the the quick turnaround and the willingness to admit mistakes. Cause I just am bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ultimately, I, again, there's something about leaning into the discomfort. And I honestly do view that as like sacrificing harmony. Um, because sometimes things don't need to be harmonious. Sometimes that friction is where we learn. Sometimes well, that friction yeah. is where we make change. Um, and it's not manufactured harmony, right? And so I, th- I, I like that moment a whole lot. We are going to take a quick break. We will jump back into our Tween Law, our devotion, Mm. our gratitude, Mm. right Mm. after this little interlude. We'll be right back. back from our little interlude we're going to jump straight into tween law what is pushing us away and pulling us into this episode yeah and for me nothing gives me more joy than seeing two badger moles come out of the side of the screen to smash (laughs) army mech suits it makes me chuckle every time prince Wu's song is so bad but also makes me laugh so good <laughs> i love this moment in this episode every looks like your badger moles also think you're bad no yeah. they don't boom hilarious yeah. i i gotta pull what you said earlier because the, the music just slaps like cora the music in cora is just sensational all the way through but it really hits in in this episode and i think very you good right there i i think that's just so good yeah, and I, I just like this is a good episode. Like, there's a lot going on, um, yes. and I, for my my push, I, I think that I, I again we've talked about it already, but just the I like it's an awkward 
way to tell this story through a giant mech suit. Um, it just feels like like Kuvira is such a like phenomenal metal bender, and like I just That's weird. Yeah, you know, it it's like I I I would rather her like be on a floating platform, able to like oh be overpowered and yank like metal wires out yeah. everywhere, and like yeah, just be unbeatable. Like I don't this mech suit is I hate it. <laughs> I yeah. hate it. Yeah, it's the the mech suit's not my favorite. That's my maybe one thing if if it was something that could only go off like every every fifteen minutes or something like that, and like. It was really devastating. It was really devastating. And they had to figure out a way to versus like this thing that apparently is just like the most flexible metal contraption suit that like moves so quickly, but is also this weird bulky thing. And the only I I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah, I, I agree. But it is what the world created. Um. So, yeah, we are we are we are living with it. We are devotion. But it's time for fire. Fire is, is the element. element, and sacrifice is our lens. And we are talking about an intention that uses those two things and uh, helps us kind of grapple with that. Um, you know, I I was thinking about like, what does it look like to heal from a burn? Um, oh. And, you know, burns are the worst because like they're like, it feels like when I get cut, the pain stops fairly quickly. But when I get burnt, like it still burns long after the. Yeah. Depending on how severe that burn is, it really can. Right. And so I'm, I'm thinking about just the, the process of how long that pain lingers. And, you know, when we talked about these like unseen sacrifices. And one of the things I think we, we miss is the energy required to heal. And I, I, I don't know that this is a sacrifice per se, but our body compensates, right? We create and spend more energy on healing than we are able to do elsewhere. And so what that does is it invites me into just having a lot more grace for people who are doing a lot of invisible healing because it's not always a physical burn, right? It's sometimes it's these emotional tolls and it's the systemic, (laughs) all the things, name the ism that's happening in the world. And people are spending a lot of energy and time healing. And it really makes me want to um, like honor the fact that they are they have lost so much energy to that and say how can i recognize that i might be in a better place to sacrifice something than someone else is right right and so i like despite my tiredness my fatigue my place what is the uh way that i can contribute to a community that is um, not going to put me at a deficit, but is going to what what can I give up reasonably, whether that be time, whether that be uh, emotional labor, whether that be mental labor to um, do the work necessary to make the community a little bit better. 
Love that. I think about a fire in general, like building a fire, a campfire, and it requires wood. So I think that works as a good metaphor of like sacrifice. You have to give something to the fire to create warmth. Fuel of some sort. Yes, correct. So it requires some form of fuel. But also there's a balance required in building a good productive fire. If you are throwing on so much wood it will smother the fire, right? Mm-hmm. And so you won't get the warmth out of it. So there's not really a benefit to over-sacrificing long-term. You will go cold and you will be out of resources. Yep. Um, and so that balance is really important. And tending to that is also super important. So I think for me, my, my focus this week is, is how do I tend to that balance, not just in myself, but in, in the team that I support, uh, in my relationships, what am I doing to tend to the balance of sacrifice? Because it might mean that I need to give more fuel to that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it because it's someone else might be out, right? Like as kind of you stated, like we don't know. And so yeah. what am I doing to tend to that need in myself? And then what am I doing? Yeah. To really to really support that in others. So you're just a little firebender, you know? You're a little just... firebender today. Creating fire. Um, and you know, I like that, you know, we've referenced balance a few times this episode. Let's uh, just make it the lens next time. I feel like that's what we should do. We should definitely just make that the lens for our final episode. It's a great idea by me. <laughs> totally weren't going there prior to that. So, yeah, well, I'm grateful for that. Speaking of gratitude. what yeah. are you- Oh man. I, I'm, Prince Wu does well this episode, um, yeah. and I think finding badger moles and and finding a solution, and I think in moments of struggle, there's I I tend to really appreciate solution oriented folks, um, mm. and I think part of that is because I have such a tendency to spiral vent uh, when problems arise that I really appreciate when other people can pause me and and say this is a, a potential solution mm-hmm. um and so i prince Wu's not perfect no but he shows up really well this episode and i like that a lot agreed so prince Wu gets my gratitude yeah i was thinking about i, I feel like i need to just one more little drop in for hiroshi and i'm not this is not who i'm going to focus on but i i feel like i'm grateful that despite the past still chose to do what he saw as an important thing for the survival of the city. Right. Enough there. Uh, I really was struck by your, your um, lifting up Su Yin. Um, and so I'm, I'm offering my, 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 my true quote gratitude uh, to Su Yin this episode, just because it's really difficult not to, um let people like experience discomfort and experience the pain of their actions and um this is just a really important moment and it's a beautiful teaching moment too so i i'm i'm struck by it again and uh wanted to lift that up and be grateful for it yeah she's great i'm a big fan ooh man. one more 
episode in our final <laughs> season of Bending Not Breaking. Oh my god. Oh we my god. uh we don't know what the future holds. This is certainly a feed that we will continue to revisit probably. The uh, a new Avatar series is supposed to be coming out on Netflix at some point. Yep, um, a couple movies. Uh, and so, you know, I'm sure we will be back on this feed and um, Ben may continue to do some Dragon Prince stuff here and there as that show continues to roll out. Um, and so stay with us. Because content yeah. will happen. But, uh, you know, as we talk about balance, you know, we're entering, both of us are entering new stages of our lives. And Ooh. the last five years have been incredible. Um, and we'll continue to, 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 you know, revisit when we can have these conversations. But, you know, as we are focusing on the balance in our own lives, as things have shifted, um, we are excited that we have been able to complete this entire series both that was kind of the goal and and we're excited that we've done it and so who knows what's next but stick around and and hang out with us because there will be some things that that pop up here and there so yeah yeah at least for one more week week yep we have at least that all right Uh, and still follow us on all the social medias bnb underscore pod we're still pretty active on Twitter um, and, and Instagram and, and things like that. And so check us out, BNB underscore pod. Um, we are, you know, still doing some live episodes as well. So you can check us out there on Patreon. We got one for the end of the month this month. So if you this will be out before it, which means if you're hearing it and you want to join us for a live episode, it's not too late. Yeah. All right. I'm Sunshine. I've been. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening.